a great God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. stop, don't stop, don't stop, just worship him now, come on, don't stop, if God has been good to you, I need somebody to worship him in this place, this is about the next dimension now, that means you got to get completely out of yourself, I don't know what you come to do, but I come hallelujah. to get into the very presence of God, we give you glory, we hallelujah, we give you praise, amen, we give God all the glory we give God all the praise we welcome you soul international outreach network this is our biblical study god bless you let's praise the lord
With premium, get right to what you love and skip the rest. That means. Amen. Let's glorify his name on this evening. For those that have joined us as we go into a moment of worship, before we start our biblical studies on this evening, some places this morning, some this afternoon, we're still in the book of Ezekiel, and I know for sure that the Lord is speaking to us and through us, amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you as you continue to speak through your servant, we please me that you may receive what the people of God should receive and speak through your word. Let their hearts and their minds and their spirit, Lord God, be renewed and changed for your glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, and Lord God, we just thank you because we shall live and not die. And we shall go forth and do the works of the Lord that you have commanded us to do. For as this word is poured into us on this afternoon, this morning, this evening, let us be revived, let us be strengthened in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and glory to God. Hallelujah and thank you, Jesus. Amen. So we give God the glory. We give God the honor. Amen. We glorify his name and we just thank the Lord for what he has done in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen and glory to God. It's just so honored. It's just an honor to be here um, on this beautiful evening here in Ohio. And in some places it may be morning and again it may be afternoon but wherever you are just thank the lord god wherever you are and thank the lord god for giving you breath in your body somebody didn't wake up today somebody did not make it but because we live and because god had a plan for us we have an opportunity to get it right and to do everything that we need to do right for god's glory so before we get going i want us to go into a place of worship amen because the Lord is holy, amen, he is so holy, and we just thank God for his holiness, even though we have fallen short, but we know for sure that he is holy, and he will always be holy in Jesus' name.
hallelujah. We praise his name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and being glad therein. And we welcome you again to Shore International Outreach Network. This is Lady Apostle. And we're going to go ahead and start our biblical study. We are in the book of Ezekiel. And I want you to know to be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Amen and glory to God. So please, come on and grab your Bibles, grab your journals. And let's begin our biblical study. Our biblical study for today. We just thank the Lord. Amen. We thank everybody for coming here. Amen. So we're in the book of Ezekiel. And we're going to start with chapter 15. And we're talking about Jerusalem liking to useless vine. Amen and glory to God. So go ahead and grab your Bible. We're in Ezekiel chapter 15. And we're going to go ahead and allow the audio speaker um, Bible read to us chapter 15. And then we're going to go ahead and break down the scriptures. And again, I want to welcome everybody and thank everybody for joining us. Amen. God will keep you from all danger is the second word on this evening, this afternoon, this morning for us. So whatever danger that is trying to lurk around you or your family or your loved ones, guess what? It will not come near your dwelling. It will not come near you in the mighty name of Jesus. So we thank the Lord God for protecting us. Hallelujah. Through all danger, through everything. Hallelujah and glory to his name. Amen and glory to God. So let's go ahead and let the Bible, the audio Bible, read to us chapter 15 in the book of Ezekiel. Amen and glory to God. Amen. Let's go. What is the vine tree more than any tree or than a branch which is among the trees of the forest? Shall wood be taken thereof to do any work, or will men take a pin of it to hang any vessel thereon? Behold, it is cast into the fire for fuel. The fire devoureth both the ends of it, and the midst of it is burned. Is it meat for any work? Behold, when it was whole, it was meat for no work. How much less shall it be meat yet for any work, when the fire hath devoured it, and it is burned? Therefore thus saith the Lord God, of the forest which I have given to the fire for fuel, so will I give the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And I will set my face against them. They shall go out from one fire, and another fire shall devour them. And ye shall know that I am the Lord, when I set my face against them. And I will make the land desolate, because they have committed us, saith the Lord God. Amen. Glory to God. I want us to read chapter 16 too, but let's just go ahead and just take a little time out and just break down what the scripture gave us um, in Ezekiel chapter 15. Amen. Um, it talked about, let me put my this light on. So 
some light here. So, Ezekiel 15, as we talked about the vine, the vine under consideration is like a trumpet creeping in the forest, amen? A vine that's good for nothing, amen? It talks about the wood of this vine cannot be used to make furniture or housing, but because the wood is what? Weak, amen? And because the wood is weak, amen, it cannot hold anything. Hallelujah. So anytime that we're using wood to build, the wood has to be what? Strong. Because in order for the wood to hold and for the wood to do what needs to do. Sorry about that. <laughs> kind of like got my own little thing going on here, right? All right. Let's close this out. So anytime we're building, we need to make sure that the wood is sturdy amen we need to make sure that the wood can hold hallelujah amen and glory to god because for some reason okay oh okay i think that's where i was at i think that's where i was where i was at sorry you guys i'm still catching up here all right just in case if i get some questions okay so the wood of this vine cannot be used to make furniture or housing because the wood is weak, amen? So in fact, it cannot even be used to make a wooden peg to hang a vessel from the house. So what good is a vine? Such a vine has one use, amen? And that is to be what? Thrown away, thrown into the fire for fuel and then consumed, amen? Jerusalem was definitely going to be thrown in the fire, amen? Thrown in the fire thrown in the fire because of their what disobedience amen there is no good work in them there was no good vine that will grow out of them why and they will not be used for anything they will burn amen because of their disobedience and then it says therefore thus said the lord god jehovah as the vine tree among the trees of the forest which i have given to the fire for fuel so will i give the inhabitants of jerusalem and i will set my face against them they shall go forth from the fire, but the fire shall devour them, meaning that the fire shall overtake them. The fire shall burn them up, shall destroy them. And you should know that I am Jehovah. When I set my face against them, and I will make the land desolate, means that he will make it dry. He will make it nothing, empty, because they have what committed a trespass, amen, with the Lord Jehovah, amen. So this consuming fire that we're talking about was God's judgment against Jerusalem. Amen. The Lord will use the Babylons to accomplish his judgment against them through what? War. So that's why when they went to war, they didn't win the battle because this was the way that the Lord God defeated them due to their what? Disobedience. Amen. And because of their disobedience, they will not win. But they shall be consumed like fire, means that they shall be like chaff, being burnt up, destroyed, amen? Because he said they're going to know that I am Jehovah. When God is making a statement and God is trying to put his point across, God will do whatever it takes to get our attention, amen? And a lot of times we say, why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? The reason why is because you have not obeyed God, because you have not done what God have told you to do. 
most of the time we bring the fire on ourselves. I'm not talking about Holy Ghost fire, but I'm talking about this judgment, this type of fire that will consume us and take us out. And there won't be a purpose. There won't be a destiny because we decided not to obey our God. Amen. And we're wondering why all the wars and why all the murders and why all the violence and everything that's going on in our world today because of disobedience, because God's people have rebelled against him. You know, when COVID came, everybody was scared. Everybody walked in fear. Everybody was trying to dot their I's, cross their T's. But when COVID left up, people began to go back to their own vomit, began to go back to their own ways. And most people have left God. Most people don't even have the passion and the fear of God again. And God is furious because he's saying, I am Jehovah. I am your Lord God. I am the one who kept you. All the millions of people that have died from COVID, the millions of people that have died from the flu, the millions of people that have died from depression, from disease and infirmities. But I've kept you. I've given you a second chance when you didn't even deserve it. I kept my hand on you. I covered you in the midst of the pandemic, epidemic, whatever demic. I hid you. Nothing came near your dwelling. Nothing came near your children. Nothing came near your family. And you still continue to shame me you still continue to rebel against me you still continue to disobey me and you think that because you're saying okay i'm gonna do it tomorrow okay i'm gonna do it like this but in your heart you are far away from me this is how jerusalem was and then Babylon's was going to take them out he said you shall know that i am jehovah and then this is also dealing now with judah Amen. What have Judah done to deserve such judgment? Let me tell you, they was rebellious. They were rebelling against God. They were hard-hearted. They defiled God's temple, God's sanctuary. When you defile something, that means that you bring in things unholy. You begin to walk unholy, talk unholy, do all things unholy, not setting yourself apart for righteousness for God. They defile his sanctuary with adultery, idolatry, idolatry. They were worshiping other gods. They were worshiping, and I'm not just talking about worshiping other people, but they was worshiping their money. They was worshiping their houses. They was worshiping their cars. They was worshiping just materialistic things. They was worshiping um, gods and, um, and statues and things that they put before God and was praying to these gods and thinking that these gods was going to save them and, 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 and keep them when it was nothing but idols. And they knew better. Judah was lovers of money. They just love money. They say, God, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. God, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. They didn't do anything. They was lovers of money. They worked long hours for money, not to build the kingdom of God, but just for their own lust, just for their own desire, just for their own good. They wasn't making money to do things and, and, and do things in the kingdom of God. They wasn't making money to help those that was in need. They wasn't making money to help them, maybe a family member that really needed help. They wasn't making money to make causes better in other nations. 
there was levels of their own money, meaning that they did things because they thought that it was going to benefit them. Amen. Prophets were liars. There were prophets and prophets that was telling the people, oh, don't believe Ezekiel. Oh, he's not, God, ain't, God is not going to bring his anger like that. What? Ezekiel was a man of God. Ezekiel was a prophet of God because Ezekiel was commissioned by God to go and to speak these harsh words to these rebellious people. And it took courage for him to come forth. It took courage for him to come and speak what thus said the Lord God. When he was among them, he was in captivity with them. They could have did anything to harm him, but he still spoke what the Lord said. And these men and women that call themselves priests and Levites, whatever they would call themselves, are prophets and prophetess, and they were saying, Oh, um, this not going to come true. Oh, no, God is not going to, God's going to be easy on you. And they begin to worship the sun. Amen. They begin to worship fertile gods. They begin to light incense and, and then had a, a nerve to put the branch under their nose and say, Oh, Jesus, love us? Ah, after all of this? And they were even slandering and they were murdering. They were murdering innocent people, and they're supposed to be men and women of God. They were slaying innocent people, taking innocent blood. The princess was wicked. They practiced uh, uh, ideology all day long. That was in their blood. That was in their, just in everything that they did, worshiping other gods. Lifting up other gods, prophesying, prophesying. Things was not coming to pass. Beguiling people out of their money, turning people's hearts against God, turning people away from God, turning people from hearing the man of God. You know, that's witchcraft when you try to turn people away from hearing the truth. When you try to make them be something that they're not because you know that what you're saying is lies. And you're trying to beguile the people. You're trying to turn them away from God. You're trying to close them and make them have deaf ears to the truth. Amen. This is what Judah was doing. And God said, they're going to know that I am Jehovah. Because I'm about to set my face against them. Come on. God setting his face against you? Ah, that right there is so harsh. The face that we want to see is behold the face of God's glory. His glory, his life. That's the face we want to see. Not the face of his judgment. Not him facing against us. My God. Jesus Christ. So let's go ahead and read chapter 16 in the book of Ezekiel. Amen and glory to God. Hallelujah and glory to God. not salted at all, nor swaddled at all. None I pity thee, to do 
these unto thee to have compassion upon thee. But thou wast cast out in the open field to the loathing of thy person in the day that thou wast born. And when I passed by thee and saw thee polluted in thine own blood, I said unto thee, When thou wast in thy blood, live. Yea, I said unto thee, When thou wast in thy blood, live. I have caused thee to multiply as the blood of the field, and thou hast increased and waxed great, and thou art come to excellent ornaments. Thy breasts are fashioned, and thine hair is grown, whereas thou wast naked and bare. Hallelujah. So let's go ahead and just break down that passage from 1 through 7. Jerusalem um, was to know just how his, just how um, their crimes was. Their crimes were so bad. Their their crimes were so bad against Jehovah God. Amen. That the Lord had found her as a child in the field left to die. Amen. And yet He nourished and cared for her. The people of God were likened to a child who was not loved. But Israel was born, being cast into a field and left to die by parents who did not love them. So Israel did not have her navel cut, was not clean and never swaddled, meaning all things a, a loving parent would do for a newborn. You know, when you have um, a baby, that's one of the first things that they do when you have a natural birth. First, when the baby come out, they lay the baby right there on the chest of the mother because that is something that is such a bond, amen. And even as they're doing that, they cut the navel, amen. They cut the umbilical cord, amen. And then they begin to prepare the navel, amen, so that it can begin to heal properly so that the end of it can fall out, meaning that once the navel um, get caught, um, navel part, after they clip it, that part gets really hard and it just falls off. So it's just the way that they do it to where after a couple of weeks it just falls off. But placing that baby right there at the breast of the mother, it is a bond. It, it brings reality of, of that baby knowing his mother and the mother knowing um, her, her daughter or son. It doesn't take anything away from the father, but it's just a motherly love because we are the ones who give birth. Amen. And this is what how Jesus explaining how, excuse me, how God is explaining, amen, um, Israel, amen. They were like a newborn baby, meaning that Israel was so, 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 so innocent, so sweet, amen. And, 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 and the Lord passed by and saw Israel in the distress. So even in this, even when they was in distress, how the Lord God had compassion. He loved them. He, 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 he seen made sure that he cared for them and, and Jehovah cared for Israel and caused her to grow. So anytime God begins to care for us, we begin to grow, not only naturally, but we begin to what, grow spiritually, amen? But apparently this is an illusion to Israel while loafing in Egypt and being cared for by God. It was in Egypt that the people grew into a mighty nation then fortified God's promise to Abraham. So when they went to Egypt, their mindsets begin to change because, first of all, they were what in slavery. So, anytime you're in slavery, your mind, your mindset begins to change for the worse. Amen. It does. It's not for the good, but it begins to. It's for the. It's not good at all. And so, anytime you have a slave mentality, you're gonna always think negative. You're gonna always feel bound. You're gonna always feel like you're choked up and chained up and shackled up. 
So they had no hope. They, they, they felt like, oh, how could God leave us? How could God bring us to this place of Egypt and allow Pharaoh and his people to just use us and keep us as slaves? But at the end of the day, God had not forgotten about his people, his Israel. Hallelujah. But their mindsets, because they had a slavery mindset, it began to make them think negative. So that's why we have to be careful with our thinking, because sometimes we could begin to think negative when really that's not the case. We could begin to think something about somebody, and it's not even true. The enemy begins to put those negative thoughts in your mind, and you begin to believe a lie. You begin to believe something that is not real. And then at the end of the day, you begin to look at people in a certain way when really reality, you shouldn't look at them that way because really they have not caused you any harm. They have not done anything to you. But because your mindset is in such a slavery mindset and your mindset is in a negative mindset, it only makes you think negative. It makes you think lies and make you think things that is not reality. So at the end of the day, you could begin to miss your blessing. So they had this mentality, this mindset that was negative. So they began to grow. Amen. And then as, as Israel grew into a beautiful woman, yet she remained naked and bare. And what way did Israel represent a naked and bare woman at this point of God's fearing for them? Because in their nakedness, let me tell you, it represented um, them to deprive all the blessings of salvation, which the Lord God endowed to them. Amen. To make it glorious for them. But they did not receive it. He had adopted them, gave them the most precious possession that anyone can ever receive. But while in Egypt, Israel began to live in this mindset of slavery. Amen. And they did not have the revelation that God wanted them to have. Their revelation was destitute, meaning that their revelation was dry. Their, their revelation was of nothing. But then it says, now, when I passed by thee and looked upon thee, behold, the time was the time of love. And I spread my skirt over thee and covered thy nakedness. Yea, I swore unto thee, and I entered into a covenant with thee, said the Lord Jehovah, and they became mine. So just imagine that during that time, they, God, when they were in their nakedness, God covered them. Amen. He covered them so that they would not what, be naked. But sometimes we forget what God does for us in our life. So just imagine how he loved Israel, the way that he loved Israel. So this chapter is just explaining to us how God loved Israel. So the Lord God just don't understand how could they go and just begin to worship other gods? How could they just be so rebellious against him? How could they just leave him? How could they begin to worship the sun and worship other tell gods and begin to worship idols? I mean, this is what he did. He covered them. Amen. He spread his curse over thee, meaning that was like a marriage. Amen. Jehovah married Israel. He married the backslider. He married those that was not even as holy as him. He married them. They enter into a covenant with them. So he said, and then, you know, he even said her. So his bride. See, Israel was already represented as a bride because Christ was going to come. So Israel was already presented as a bride because it's talking about her. And who is God, Jesus coming back? He's coming back for his bride. He's coming back for you and me. Amen. So he, in the, they enter into a covenant. 
we enter into a covenant with her. Amen. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 5, 1 through 3, it explains that covenant. Amen. That covenant occurred even in Mount Sinai when the Lord spoke in the hearing of all the people who had been set, um, sanctified. Amen. Hallelujah. So then wash I thee with water. We, we in um, verse 9. It says, then wash I thee with water. Yea, I thoroughly washed away the blood from thee, and I anointed thee with oil. Amen. So the Lord took a sinful people and cleaned them of their impurity, just like God is doing for you and me today. He had taken us from our sinful nature, and he had cleaned us from all impurities. But we continue to go back to that old vomit. We continue to go back to those old impurities. When God said, wait a minute, I have cleansed you. I have took you away from those impurities. Jehovah gave Israel the audience of animal sacrifice to make expression of their sins and a piece of his wrath against their iniquity. Then the verse says, 10 through 14, I clothed thee also with burning work and shod thee with um, seal skin. And I girded thee about with fine linen and covered thee with silk. And I decked thee with ornaments. And I put bracelets upon thy hands and a chain on thy neck. And I put a ring upon their nose and earrings in their ears and a beautiful crown upon their head. Thus waste their death with gold and silver and the remnant and a beautiful crown, excuse me, waste of fine linen and silk. And burden work thou didst eat fine flour and honey and oil, and that's exceedingly beautiful, and didst prosper into royal estate. And thou we own went forth among the nation for thy beauty, for it was perfect through my majesty, which I have put upon thee, said the Lord Jehovah. So this right here, you know, you hear people say, oh, the Lord don't wear, want us wearing gold. The Lord don't want us wearing jewelry. The Lord don't want us wearing this on our heads and this and that. But look, God, he dressed Israel. He dressed them to such a royal majesty. And some of the things that they say that Paul said that women shouldn't do. Come on now. But as a husband would love, care, and provide for his wife, even so Jehovah cared abundantly for Israel. He adorned her with beautiful clothing, jewelry, and the best food money combined. Jehovah gave Israel a name among the nations. Among the nations means every nation. Throughout the days of David and Solomon, Israel had reached a level of world recognition for their wealth, their power, and beauty. Behind all the splendor of Israel was Jehovah God, the loving husband. So just imagine having a husband like Jehovah God that would deck you out in beautiful colors of remnant clothing. Deck you out in gold and silver with remnant of fine linen and silk and bordery work. Come on now, and your clothes are embroidered. Amen. Meaning that it has such a lace and it's such a, a seam in it to where it had to be handmade. Amen. So as a husband would love and care and provide for his wife, even so did Jehovah care for Israel. Amen. And then let's go to verse 15 and 17. It says, but they did trust in their beauty and played as the harlot because of their re-own and poor is and their 
whoredoms on everyone that passed by, his it was. And thou did take of their garment, and made it for the high places decked with diver colors, and players the harlot upon them. The light things shall not come, neither shall it be so. That this also, the fair jewels of my gold and of my silver, which I have given thee, and made it for thee images of men, and display the hard harlot with them. So rather than them looking to the merciful giver, the Israelites looked to the gifts for their confidence. Amen. They examined, amen, and looked at the things as materialistic things. Amen. But not looking at the giver, who was Jehovah. It was Jehovah that gave them all things. Israel was guilty of taking the blessings of Jehovah God, amen, and fashioning other after other gods, amen, and, and had the nerves to worship other gods. When Jehovah God is the only God that provided all of these majestic royalties for them. So at the end of the day, how could they go and worship another God when it was only Jehovah God that gave them all these things? So they began to have a covenant with other gods when their covenant was supposed to be only with who? Their Lord God. Jehovah was the only one that they supposed to have a covenant with. Amen. And verse 18 and 19 says, and they take as their broader garments and covered them and did set my on and my incense before them. So the embroidery garments, the nice lace linen, why would they go and buy incense? Why would they go and put incense, amen, and burn these things against the things that I made for them? That was anything that is embroidered means that it is handmade. It's not just made in a store. It is handmade, meaning very fine linen. Amen. Nice material. Amen. And it says, then my bread also, which I gave thee, fine flour and oil and honey, wherewith I fed thee. He didn't just give them anything. He gave them, he said, fine flour. So that lets us know, because you know, flour is thick. So this had to be some really light flour. Amen. And oil and honey. Oil represents the anointing. Honey represents something that is sweet. So wherewith I fed thee, thou didst even set it before them for a sweet savor. And this it was, said the Lord Jehovah. So oil, wine, honey, flour, and clothing are always considered great blessings on behalf of Jehovah God towards his people. Amen. But we're not talking about the wine that we drink. No, we're talking about, remember, you can't put new wine in old wineskin. You have to put new wine in new wineskin. Amen. Hallelujah. You can't put old wineskins in new wineskin. You have to put new wine in new wineskin. Amen. Meaning new anointing, new favor, new glory, new blessings. Amen. So Israel took what belonged to God and gave it to other gods. You know, we take the things that God give us and sometimes bless other gods. We give them the glory. We give them what God has given us when God did not tell us to even give it to them. Amen. 
And then it says, Moreover, thou hast taken thy sons and thy daughters, whom they have borne unto me, and thee has they sacrificed unto them, to be devoured, were the whoredoms a small matter that has slain my children and delivered them up and casting them to pass through the fire unto them and all their abominations and their whoredoms have not remembered the days of their youth when they have naked and bare and washed wither of their blood. Verses 20 and 22. So they begin to sacrifice children. The ones that were born unto the Lord. The ones that probably had a hard time bearing children. And God blessed them to have children. And then they begin to sacrifice them to other gods. They begin to promise other gods, okay, if you give me this and allow me to do this, I will give my child in exchange for that. Don't you know most of us were sacrificed at a, a, even before we were born? Even before we were mentioned in the earthly realm? That's why it says that we must repent daily we must call out all 400 generations because we don't know in which generations the sacrifice was made so you could have been in that hundred generation your child could have been that tenth generation so maybe it skipped nine and now the tenth generation is your child so that's why you gotta pray for children on children upon children upon children and more children upon more children and go all the way 400 years back because we don't know what sacrifices was made. Listen to how Israel sacrificed their children to other gods. Amen. So not only had Israel given over their Jews and Jehovah's blessing to other idols, but they even gave their children, such as Molat. We know Molat is a god that they sacrificed their children to. Amen. When you read in the book of Second Kings, chapter sixteen and three. In 2 Kings chapter 21 and 2 Kings chapter 23, you will read about Moloch. He was one of the gods that they sacrificed their children to, amen. Israel had forgotten how that God made them into a mighty nation when they were nothing in Egypt. Just like some of us, amen. God have allowed us to become a mighty nation. See, a mighty nation don't mean like going to a country. A mighty nation could be... Nations mean, first of all, people. So, therefore, God have allowed you to be upon people, maybe in your family, upon people, maybe in your on your on your in your job, in the marketplace, wherever you may be. You're a mighty nation to them, meaning that you're a voice, you're an amplified voice. You bring hope. You bring love, you bring peace, you bring joy, you bring something to the table that make people feel accepted. You make people feel like they belong to something. It's not all about you, but you make them feel like they can keep on striving and they can go on and finish and get to the finish line. It's something that's inside of you, a light that shines so bright in you. But at the end of the day, you begin to take this and begin to use it against God. Because now you allow pride, you allow arrogance, you allow all the things that is not of God to take you and now you're like you above God. You don't want to help anybody. You don't want to be um, sincere to anybody. You don't want to have patience with nobody. You don't, you don't want to forgive nobody. You, you want to have bitterness towards everybody. When God has made you a mighty nation, remember he brought you out 
of your desolate place, out of a place of destitute. He brought you out of a place of nothing, out of a place of, of dryness. He brought you out of a place of hurt, a place of discomfort, a place of unforgiveness. He brought you out of a place of nakedness. But now that you have reached where you have where you're going, you feel like, oh, you're above God, or oh, you don't owe anybody nothing. You hear people say, you know what, I'm just thinking about me right now, me and my family right now, that's my focus. Ah, how could you just say you just think about you and your family? I know you love your family, I love you too, but at the end of the day, it's not just about you and your family. Maybe God is using you to be a blessing to somebody else's family, because when you be a blessing to somebody else's family, God has to take care of your family. God will take care of your family. So you ain't even got to worry about taking care of your family when you begin to put somebody else's family first. God will make sure that your family is good. And I'm not just talking about materialistic. I'm talking about he will cover them, protect them, guard them, hold them, keep them. Because you don't know what they're going through. You know, because we all paint a facade. We all wear a mask at times. You know, we happen in front of people, we laugh in front of people, but when we go home, we're crying. When we go home, we're depressed. When we go home, we have walking in anxiety. We're walking in all these things, but we want people to think we're okay. And really, in reality, we're not because we have had such a mask. But when you begin to be a blessing in other people's lives, God can take that mask and turn that mask into something great. He can make you come out that place of darkness, out that place of depression out that place of anxiety, out that place of just not, because sometimes you don't even want to be here. You feel like, oh, I'm better off somewhere else. The devil's a liar. You know, I remember somebody was thinking something, and it was a thought that came, and I said, well, maybe if the person, if they ain't good, if they ain't good, you know what, just know. And the phone rang, and it was that person, because the enemy wanted me to think that that person was not good. So God said, no, 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 this person is good because I'm, they're calling you right now. They're calling you right now because the enemy trying to put something in your mind that's not real. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. So let me just, let me, let me, your phone go ring. And I need you to talk to these people. Amen. So that's happened to somebody. God is speaking. So Israel had forgotten how God made them into a mighty nation. When God makes you into a mighty, mighty nation, my God, my God, you have to make sure that you serve God to the end. To the end. I'm talking about to the day you just die. You, you have to make sure that you keep your word. You keep your vow. You do everything that you can do to make sure. I was, I was, I was, I was talking to about my spiritual parents and like 17 years ago. I remember when I when, when I first came in the church and I was just saying like oh and I just saw all the things that was going on and I and I just used to see another lady who just used to serve the community and and how she just loved God and how she just gave and and, and she would just sit there and she would just be crying and I'm saying to myself like why is she crying but I didn't know how much she loved God I didn't know just the relationship that she had with God and I was just saying in my mind like oh I want to love God like that oh I want to you know God oh Lord. And look, 16, 17, excuse me, 18 years later, I'm doing, it's only by the grace of God that I'm, I was able to keep the vow that I made. Because when I said, oh, Lord, I want to love you like that. I want to serve your people like that. I did not know today I would be doing just that. When I could have been doing something else, I, I, my heart could have been somewhere else. My, my love could have been somewhere else. 
I could have still been calling myself a woman of God, but still having a heart that's not of God. But God knew my heart then. And I and I had to I had when I thought about it, I said, Wow, we can do what we 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 vow to God. I'm a living witness. Not that I have arrived or I, it was something that I did. No, it, I persevered to do and be where I'm at today. I persevered and endured hardship and everything for me to have the love that I have and to give what I give. And it wasn't easy, but it was a vow that I made 17 years ago. And I'm so happy that I'm able to be the fruit in their lives and they can go back and remember those words that I said to them and they see their daughter doing what it was all God. It was God. God let me keep the vow because Robin, hey, how many times I wanted to throw in the towel? How many times I wanted to just give up? How many times I gave out? But God, but God, but God. So you can keep your vow, but you got to let God help you because there's no way you can do it on your own because the enemy going to fight you. The enemy can't wait to shame you. The enemy can't wait to accuse you. The enemy can't wait to say, God, I told you. The enemy can't wait to put you before God and say, I told you they wouldn't hold up. They wouldn't hold water. But God, but God, it's God that allows us to make it to the finish line. And it says, um, verses, um, um, excuse me, it's 23 and 25. It says, and it came to pass after all the wickedness, amen, Woe, woe unto thee, said the Lord of Jehovah, that has built unto thee a vaulted place and has made thee a lofty place in every street. Thou has built their lofty place at the head of every way and has made thy beauty an abomination and has opened their feet to everyone that passed by and multiplied by whoredom. Amen. So, just like Jeremiah had proclaimed, amen, according to the word of God, according to God's word, hallelujah, when you read in Jeremiah 11 and 13, let's read it, it says, for according to the number of thou cities were thou gods, O Judah, and according to the number of the streets of Jerusalem, have ye set up altars so that shameful things even altars to burn incense unto Baal. Hallelujah. So apparently, idolatry, amen, was widespread so that Jehovah gives a double woe of judgment, amen, to the particular, amen. So Israel, amen, was looked at as like a whore who is open to any and all strangers that won't bow, amen. That's just like a prostitute. They're open to anything. It's not just a woman prostitute, man prostitute. It doesn't matter. You're open to anything means that you're, come on now, we, we, we all grown here. Maybe there's some, but sometimes they open their legs to anybody. They open up their, 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 their hearts to anybody. They open up their money to anybody. They open up their houses to anybody. They open up, but it's not who God, of God. It's not of God. So that's why he's using this word of whores, amen. Because they're opening up everything to everything but God, other gods, other things beside God. Hallelujah. So that's why the word whore was used here. Amen. 
And then it says their minds have disgraded, amen, and God was far from them. God was no, God was not near their mind. Their mind, they didn't have their mind on God. Their minds was far from God. Their minds was on other things besides God. Their minds was on their money. Their minds was on their big buildings. Their minds was on the big churches, on the prophets, on the, I mean, on everything but God. And they thinking, well, it is God because that's a prophet. Okay. But it wasn't a prophet of God. It's a difference. Thou, amen, other gods that come and look like God, come and try to sound like God, come and try to talk like God, but it's not God. We are, they already said, prophecies, prophets and prophets that were false gods. They was not of God. They were even trying to turn people away from hearing the word of God through Ezekiel. Trying to make Ezekiel look like he was like a warlock. Or if he was a woman, they'd say a witch. I'm just saying. Hallelujah. But we don't even understand those terms. Amen. Hallelujah. Them saying those things, they were the warlocks. They were the witches. Because you're putting your mouth on true men of God that is speaking God's word. And you're trying to turn people away from hearing the word. Witchcraft. Because you are rebelling against the word of God. And when you rebel, that is a form of what? Witchcraft. So you're the witch. You're the warlock. But you're trying to make it seem like they are because they're speaking truth. And you don't want people to hear truth. Anytime people don't want you to hear truth and want you to continue to stay in your ways, continue, they continue want to hoard garbage because when they gossip, that's garbage. When they sow discord, that's garbage. You're letting people dump trash in your ear. When you are, get on the phone and people begin to gossip and talk about people or talk about, oh, well, do you know what happened to the woman of God or the man of God? That is gossip. That's gossip. And then if you don't be careful, then discord will come. That's garbage. That's trash. That's not of God at all. Don't let people come and dump in your ear. Don't let people come and dump their trash in your garbage can. You trying to get rid of your own garbage. You ain't got time to take on somebody else's garbage. You ain't got no dumpster. All the stuff they trying to dump because they trying to get rid of their stuff. Tell them to go dump it somewhere else. Because now I am not taking nobody else's garbage. I'm not taking on nobody else's trash. If it's not something that's good, something that's going to bring, something that's going to uh, edify me, that is going to bring um, 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 positivity to me, I don't want it. But the people of Israel, they were far from God. They provoked God to anger because they kept committing spiritual adultery. We always look at adultery like, okay, a man and a woman. You know, a man is having an affair on his woman. A woman having an affair on her husband. You don't even know. All of you, some of you are committing spiritual adultery and don't even know it. 
we 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 quick to say who is sleeping with so and so that's married and so and so when you're 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 committing spiritual adultery which is more serious even though adultery is definitely serious but spiritual adultery you're talking about spiritual things a spiritual adultery because here it says in verse 26 and 27 they have committed fornication with egyptians thou neighbors great of flesh and they have multiplied their holdom to provoke me to anger behold therefore i have stretched out my hand over thee and have diminished their uh, uh, ordinary food and delivered thee unto the will of them that hate thee the daughters of philistines that are ashamed of thou lewd away so here they provoke god to anger because they committed spiritual adultery with other gods when you love your money so much that is spiritual adultery (coughs) when you love your car so much that is spiritual adultery when you love yourself meaning that you don't even care about others you say you know what i'm just tired of them you know i ain't gonna deal with them blah 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 hey that ain't listen it's easy to love somebody that love you but that is not the test the test is loving those that's hard to love that's when you have passed the test that's the next bar is loving somebody that is hard to love dealing with somebody that's hard to deal with dealing with somebody that nobody wants to deal with sometimes god may tell you to take your hands off of certain situations for a while but then eventually he may send you back but just because you take your hands off those situations for a while don't mean that you have turned your back on them maybe god is having you just praying for them because maybe now god needs them to hear him so sometimes he would take them the hard way because they continue to rebel against god so he will move you out the way and he will begin to deal with them harshly but then when they begin to get it and ready to come back to god then god may lift the standard and bring you back into their life but just because you may not see a person talking to that person or maybe around that person don't mean that they don't care for that person because when god tells you to step back you have to step back and as leaders we step back but when god say come forward no matter what they have done how they have betrayed us what they have said we must come forward but when god say step back we have to step back but in the eyes of some people they will say well they're pastors they're men and women of god they was once helping them but now because they have done this to them you don't see them calling them you don't see them around them you don't know the story you don't know where god have them at right now and see the thing is we're not trying to get in trouble with god we're not trying to commit spiritual adultery because when god tells us to take our hands off we must take our hands off because we don't want to walk in disobedience so be careful how we what we say because you don't know where god may have them and then sometimes when they just become a reprobate 
and they don't want to listen to nothing God say, God said eventually they will come back. Because my anger is so against them, they're going to get tired. And when they're sick and tired, they're going to be sick and tired. They're going to not, you, matter of fact, you ain't going to even have to ask them to come back. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to do everything in their power to get back. So you just keep on holding on. You just keep on praying for them. You just keep on holding them up because they're coming back in Jesus' name. Amen. But they were provoking God to anger by committing spiritual adultery with other gods. Amen. Not only did Israel turn to the Egyptian gods, but they also looked for military support. You know, when God is telling you, I'm going to help you, we go out there and try to get our own help. We go out there and try to persuade other people. When God told us, I got you. You just focus on the things that I've called you to do. But we're trying to find every other stream of income, other ways to make money here and there. When God is saying, all I need you to do is just sit right here and pray. All I need you to do is sit right here and intercede for my people. All I need you to do is sit right here and just be there for my people. I got you. You ain't got to go do this or start this or do this or do that. I know you got a degree in that, a background in that, no this, no that. But right now, I got you. I need you to intercede for the country. I need you to intercede for my nation. I need you to intercede for my children. Because right now, we're at war. And I need you to get deep in me. I like what my niece said. She said, we need to get deep in the things of God. I just love what God is doing with my nieces. Amen. Glory to God and my nephew. He is doing some deep things with them. They are on fire for God. They're running after God like never before. And the word of God, oh my God, it is just so in their belly. Hallelujah. And she said on yesterday, she said, you got to get into the deep things of God. You got to get down deep in the word of God. You know, when you get deep down in the things of God, the word of God, my God, my God, is nothing but just the fire and the glory and the power of God that just comes upon you and the glory and fire just consume you and everybody that's in contact with you they just be consumed with his fire and glory amen so you got to get deep in the things of god you got to get deep in his word when you are deep in god's word behold i will do a new thing she said she said that in hallelujah when we read in um isaiah 43 i be, uh, i believe it's um verse uh 19 hallelujah 18 19 hallelujah gonna do a new thing Behold, I'm going to do a new thing. Anytime God's doing a new thing in our life, that means that no matter if we're in the desert, no matter if we're in the wilderness, he's going to let rivers flow. Come on now. He's going to let it flow in our lives. No more dry places. No more wilderness. Come on now. No more destitute. No more none of that. But how could he do those things and we're committing spiritual adultery? He can't do those things if we're committing spiritual adultery. If we're worshiping our, 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 our degrees, we're worshiping our jobs. We, we, we go to work. We, we, we put everything before. We, we, we do everything for our job. We do everything for our families. We do everything. But when it comes to the things of God, mm, we're nowhere around. We, we give everything to, to death. But when we come to God, and I'm just going to be real because the Lord said, you got you to gotta tell my people, we are calm. And you know, God, he knows our heart. God knows what we have, but we'll go and we'll spend this and spend this, and we'll come and give God $5. We'll come and give God $20. We'll come and give God 50 I'm just saying, and you know, and I'm not making something like what you, because God knows our heart, but God is saying, I'm not a $5 God. I'm not a $10 God. I'm not a $20 God. I've given you more than enough. 
and that's all you can give me, you're not giving it to the man or woman of God. You're sowing in me. I've used them in your life. You have saw great, mighty works, miracles working through them. Things have manifested through the words they have spoken for me. Not words they spoke for themselves, but words that they spoke into your life. It came from me, and you know it was from me because they did not know it. Only you and I knew it. And all you come to give me is $5? You can't even come and help for two hours. You come and help for a week, and you don't see them no more. I'm just saying, God is saying, spiritual adultery. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm an old-time prophet. I'm sorry. I am. I have to speak the truth. He said, spiritual adultery. We come, we serve God when we're going through. We come to church early when we're going through. We we were the first ones in church when we're going through. We were the last ones to leave when we're going through. We, we, we always in the house of God when we're going through. But when we get our breakthrough, where are we? We're late. We don't show up. We, are, we don't come. Spiritual adultery. We praying, Lord God, help us this, help us that. We're on our face. We're seeking him. We're going a little deep. But when we get it, we out here saying what I've done. It was God. You got to stay in this thing. How do you think? People say, Apostle, you blessed. You know why I'm blessed? Because I'm deep. I'm staying deep. I don't care what he gives me. I'm staying deep. I don't care what I get. I'm staying deep. I don't care who I become. I'm staying deep. I don't care if I become a billionaire. I'm staying deep in him. Because when you stay deep in him, he keeps you. We're not deep enough in God. We too deep in ourselves. We too deep in the, the petty materialistic things that we get when we don't even understand. We can't even take that to heaven. We need the crown. The crown of life. I like what the man of God said. He had me in tears. I was literally crying. But when he finished saying what he said, I just began to laugh like, oh my God. Because what he said was, he said, Queen Elizabeth said, that she wanted to die when the rapture came. Lord, keep me until the rapture came. She wanted to be kept until the rapture came. Why? Because she said, I want to lay my crown at your feet. And then he said, the same crown that they stole all the Jews from Africa. And put in that crown. And I just started laughing like, wow, history. Didn't even know that. Didn't even know how rich Africa was. The things that were stolen from our homeland. The things that now we as Americans look at and think that because we have arrived, but really we don't know where we come from. But I ain't talking about that crown. I'm talking about the crown of life. I want to put the crown at his feet, the crown that he gives me to let me know that I was a good and faithful servant to him. I want the crown. I don't want the mantles. I don't want to. I mean, yes, it's nice, but it, but the crown is even better because it's eternity. It's eternal. 
the houses is going to demolish the the, the the brick and mortar is going to demolish itself but the crown is everlasting i'm after the crown of life i'm after the crown of life i'm after the crown of life because that's the only thing that's going to have me deep in god where i will be in glory with him i will be floating in heaven with him it's the crown but they were far from that. They were all into their other gods. They were all into what they wanted to do. They went after other help. Spiritual adultery. When God is telling you to seek me, but you continue to try to do things in your own strength. God is saying, seek me. And you're going out looking for husbands and wives that are not even your husband and wife. Seek me. You're going out trying to bear children that is not even going to be bared by that individual. But because you're not seeking God, you're bearing them with the wrong ones. I'm just saying. At the end of the day, we don't want to hear, hear God. We don't want to listen to the things of God. We, we, I'm telling you, before I got to this place where I'm at, I tell you, the life that I lived, it wasn't good. But when I realized the doors that was open in my life, it wasn't that people that convicted me. It was God that convicted me because I began to know that, you know what? It ain't even about what people see because they're not going to get me in heaven. God see everything. When I realized that God is spirit and God goes everywhere I go, no matter if I trick the people or not, before I was saved, God still see everything. And I realized, you know what? If I continue to live the life that I'm living, these doors that's opened up in my life, my children are going to be damaged. And not only are my children going to be damaged, but my children, 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 children are going to be damaged. So if I don't close these doors of darkness now, guess what? I am setting my children up for failure. And when I realized that, that's when I began to say, Lord, help me begin to live right unto you. Help me stop doing the things that I know I should not do. Help me become more holy to you and unto you. Being set apart for you. Keeping myself for you. Making sure that I'm kept only for you until you present me. And God did those things. When I began to shut those doors. When I began to stop hanging in the wrong with the wrong crowd. And being in the wrong places. And picking my own mates. And trying to have children by who I thought that I want to have children by because I felt like, oh, I liked him so much. Or I wanted to be with him so much when that was not even my my destined partner. That wasn't even who God had for me. But I thank God for my children today. And I know for sure that they were destined. I know for sure that even their father were destined in my life. But I pray that even as their lives continue to go forth that God would destine their life and also for those that is under the sound of my voice that God would destine your life and your children's children's life but those were some of the things that I had to overcome those were some of the things that I began to try to pick and choose and do myself so I didn't even know how much the spiritual adultery that I was committing until I began to understand spiritual things so I'm here to teach and to, and to enlighten you that these things are not good in God's eyes because we're 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 causing spiritual adultery in our life, Amen.
we need to get the support that God has us. God, God is saying, you know what, I've sent you help. I brought the right person in your life to fill you, to teach you, to give you. But you know what? We run everywhere else. We go everywhere else because they don't look like who we want them to look like. They don't sound like who we want them to sound like. They don't present things the way we want them to present things. We want it how we want it. We don't want to be held accountable. There's not enough of people. There's not enough of our friends around. No, go and be where God wants you to be so you can get what you need to get so that you can get to the next level. Get out of the same box. Get out of the box and get into something extraordinary. The unknown. Get into the place where God has for you. Amen. Jehovah began to punish his unfaithful wife by withholding food and handing them over to those who hated them. The reason why we're going through so much that we're going through is because we are committing so much spiritual adultery. We're rebelling against God. And we're saying, oh, we go to church. Oh, we pray. Oh, we this. But really, how is your heart? How is your love? Are you really walking in truth? You can go to church all day. You can be under the preacher all night. You can be wherever you say this of the things of God. But how is your heart? How is your love? How is your walk? How is your truth? You need to ask God to do a spiritual check on you. You need a spiritual checkup. Not a yearly checkup with your doctor, but a spiritual checkup with the chief physician, your Lord Jesus Christ. The Philistines are ashamed of Judah because even they can see the unfaithfulness of God's people. You know, it's sad when those out there that are not even saved and they see how we're acting in the house of God. We're jealous of one another. We don't like one another. We talk about one another. We do all foul things against one another. And these people that that's, that's, that's trying to make a decision, okay, should we go in the house of God? Should we get saved? Should we change our life? And then here we come gossiping. Here we come sowing discord. Here we come jealous and bitter and unforgiving. To, uh, and we're supposed to be Christians. We're making them more confused. What is it? We're Christians. Why can't we get along? We're on the same team. We under the same light. Who are you with? Like the song say, who you with? Who you with? Who you with? I'm just saying. We fight this, We fight one enemy, but we fight one another. You would know them by their what? Love. You would know them by their what? Fruit. Fruit is love. One of the greatest fruits. You would know them. And the reason why they're not with you, because they're not of you. And so that's why they ain't with you. So quit trying to make people with you because they ain't of you. They ain't of God. But we want them to be of us. When they're not even of us. Because they're not even of him. And if they're not of him, you think they're going to like, I tell leaders this all day. You think they're going to respect you. They don't even fear God. People don't even fear God no more. So do you think they're going to have respect for the man or woman of God? Do you think they're going to listen to the man or woman of God? They don't even fear God. So who do we think we are? Which they should should fear God. Because God is angry. Because they don't fear God. So what makes us think that they're going to listen to us? Which, hey, more anger, more wrath that God would have against his people. Because he sent his true prophets, true men and women of God to speak his word, the truth, 
and we're turning away from the truth. We're going where we want to go. We're listening to who we want to listen to. And we don't want to listen to those who God is sending. We don't want to be around those who God is sending us around. So all of these things that's going on, the wars, the 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 the, the, the violence, the 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 the, the famine, everything that's going on in the earth today is God's wrath because we are rebelled against God. We don't fear Him. Yes, the Bible tells us in the book of Matthew 24:25 that these things will happen: wars and wars, mothers against daughters, daughters against mothers, sons against I mean sons against fathers, and all that. Yeah. Men's lover of their own money. Come on, all that, yes. But it is worse. He he warned us so that we know exactly what to pray for. So that we can, listen, we can mark our door post with the blood of Jesus that it will pass our house. So he warns us, he lets us know, it is it's written. This is going to happen. That's why you see the wars. That's why you see the fires. That's why you see the floods. That's why you see the earthquakes, the hurricanes, everything that we see. But at the same time, it can pass our reality. If we stay in prayer, we stay in the face of God. We stay deep in the things of God. But these things are going to come. And the more, the more that we rebel against God, it's going to get worse and worse. Most people that would know back in 2015, saving our city, saving our city, the Lord said, no, it's not saving Cincinnati because this right here is about to be something all over every city. When the Lord gave us this vision, saving our city, when we did the big event at Fountain Square, saving our city, 2016, our biggest issue that we said we're going to talk about is overcoming gun violence. God gave us the vision. He let us see in 20s because the vision came in 2012. But we did not do this event until 2016. So four years later, I always look at four being the four corners of the earth, the north, the east, the south, and the west, saving our city, every city. One of the topics was overcoming the epidemic of heroin before the Norcan was even a minister, before the Norcan was being able to be a minister outside of the medical team. Overcoming um, gun violence was the next topic. The other topic was community involvement, meaning bringing communities, police, and government together as one to be able to rebuild and, and bridge the gap in our families, in our communities, in our schools, overcoming homelessness and joblessness. These were all the topics that we had a panel of people that came and spoke from the commissioner of Hamilton County, commissioner of Middletown, commissioner of city of Cincinnati, never in in the generation have commissioners been on the same platform together. None. And then a prosecutor also on the platform. Come on. You can't walk into a prosecutor office and say, hey, I want you to do an event with me. Ah, that was God. God was revealing to redeem what was to come in 2022. Now, every time you cut on the TV, guns, guns, guns. They don't pass a law to allow guns. 
God was revealing to redeem, this is about to be an epidemic. So don't tell me God won't speak to his, through his prophets. Don't tell me that God won't speak to the men and women of God that will seek deep in the things of God to reveal, to redeem what is to come. But it is up to us. It is up to us to take what God give us and to pray. The Bible says, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves. Humble ourselves and turn from our wicked way turn from our wicked ways and pray turn from the things of the old turn from the things that are not of god he said i will heal their land he ain't just talking about a geographic area he's talking about our spiritual land our economical land our educational land, our governmental land, our social land, our relational land, our financial land, our universities and school lands. Come on now. Our social land, our political land. That's what he's talking about. But we don't want to turn from our wicked ways. We don't want to humble ourselves. We don't want to seek his face. We don't want to get deep. We don't want the deep things of God. We just want things to minor. We just we just want to get by. Like I say, oh, God, I'm here. Oh, God, I'm there. But when we get it, ain't nowhere around. I just thank God. I tell you, pain brings prayer. Pain brings anointing. Pain brings glory. Pain brings fire. Pain brings you deep into the things of God. Get us a pain. You want the deep things of God? Take on the pain. Face the pain. We keep trying to run away from the pain. We don't want to deal with the pain. How are we going to overcome it if we don't face it? If we don't encounter it? That's what brings us closer to God. That's what builds our faith like a fortitude wall that's what allowed the power and the glory to resonate in us that has allowed us to be strengthened to be unmovable always abounding in the word of god and god is pain ah, jesus that's what brings you to that place the deep things of god you gotta face it you gotta deal with it you gotta you gotta you can't keep running from it quit trying to run from the pain. Deal with it. Deal with the issue. Deal with encounter it. Head on. Don't let it encounter you. Amen. Don't let it encounter you. The man of God said I had to put on my Facebook pain. He said self-esteem is the enemy. And it's your own enemy. Because it's self-esteem. You allow yourself to lure your standards in God. When God have already said we're more than conquerors. God have already said that we're more than conquerors. He already told us to be strong and courageous. You know, when you are courageous, that means that, hey, you got courage. You got strength. He said, do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. 
for the Lord God will be with you wherever you go. So when you go through the fire, he's there. When you go through the tsunami, he's there. When you go through the flood, he's there. When you go through the pain, he's there. When you go through the divorce, he's there. When you go through the lack, he's there. When you go through losing it all, he's there. When you go through mourning and pain, he's there. Be encouraged. Be not afraid. Be not terrified. But know that the Lord God is with you wherever you are. May God bless you. May God keep you. Sorry we went over a little bit, but this was good. I I can't finish it all because this is a little longer chapter, but we will finish off in um, verses um, 28. So we're in Ezekiel 16 and 28. So I need for you to finish um, from 16 all the way over to um, verse um, 16, all the way over to verse. um, We're going to go all the way to verse 63. This is a long chapter right here. I love it. So Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 1 through 63. So we are on verse 28. So we will pick up, we will pick back up there on Sunday. And I told y'all that we're going through this whole book of Ezekiel. And we're going to break this down. And we're going to get the meat out of this because this is the time that we're living in. And guess what? We're not committing spiritual adultery. We're not going to rebel against God. We're not going to miss God. We're going to get into the deep things of God. We're going to stay in his word. We're going to let the word become just our everything. We're going to eat the word like a squirrel. We're going to eat it and keep eating it and keep on letting the word grow more in us. We're not just going to be quoting scriptures, but we're going to let that word just grow in us. We're going to get deep, 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 hallelujah, in the word of God. Because when you get deep in God's word, it's nothing but revelation, it's nothing but grammar, it's nothing but his logos, and the spirit of God is just all over you because he is the word, amen, and when you're all in the word of God, you're all in God, and God is all over you, and no matter where you walk and where you go, the light is going to shine so bright for you because you are walking so deep in God's word, hallelujah, hallelujah, and hallelujah, amen, and glory to God, so that is it. And I bless everybody for joining us. And I thank God for your life. I know that we'll be back here by God's grace. Sunday morning, 8.45 a.m. Making it to the building in person. We'll be back on Zoom, back on podcast. Amen. Hallelujah. And for those out there that know Christ or those that may say, you know what, I've heard of him, but you know what, I don't have a relationship with him. Guess what? You can go ahead and accept him as your Lord and Savior right now. You can confess with your mouth, believe with your heart that he is your Lord and Savior, asking him to forgive you of all of your sins and asking him to even forgive those that have wronged you and that even you forgiving yourself. And I'm telling you, when you accept him right now with an open heart and just come as you are, no matter where you are, you could be riding your car, you could be in a bar, you could be smoking. I don't care where you are. I know I was sitting in the bar when God, when God saved me. Hallelujah. And I was drinking something real strong. But now... I got, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, and I got the power of God all over me, and I ain't doing nothing but drinking the all of the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah, but God saved me in my mess, and God is married, Jesus is married to the backslider, and no matter where you are and what you're doing, he can accept you, all you have to do is just come, come as you are, come as you are, and you may be smoking weed right now, you may be whatever you may, it doesn't, come as
place you are. God can change you. God can take that away from you. You could be drinking. You could be in a bed with somebody that's not even your husband, somebody that's not even your wife. Matter of fact, you ain't even, I'm just telling you, you can be in a bed with the same sex. Ah, come on, God will deliver you. And you will never, ever, ever, ever go back to that lifestyle. You will be a man that will have a wife or you will be a, a wife that will have a husband. Amen and glory to God. God will save you wherever you are, whatever you doing because he loves you and the thing is we must come as we are let god change your clothing let god change your filthy rags amen let him change them into something glorious because he will definitely make your garments like praise hallelujah he will turn your lashes to beauty hallelujah he will dress you in such a majestic hallelujah royalty garment that is filled with his linen amen and bordered with his his love and bordered with his joy and bordered with his peace and bordered with his patience and his gems of his love all over you he will make you he will deck you out amen and and guess what he will prepare a table before your enemies he will deck that place out so well that when people show up at your dinner table they won't even know that it's you because god have given you a makeover my god it is nothing but light hallelujah that is shining in dark places so thank god that you are now saved you have accepted him and i pray that the holy spirit become your portion as you open up your mouth why he will endow you with the holy spirit that has all power hallelujah he shall comfort you in the midnight hour you shall trample over scorpions over over satan over the enemy that will try to rise up against you in the name of jesus and i pray that god give you divine revelation that god give you understanding knowledge hallelujah and wisdom in the mighty name of jesus that god divinely connect you to those that he will connect you with to help impart and help cultivate the gift that is inside of you so that you can walk in your purpose and your destiny in the mighty name of jesus and i pray that the word of god be endowed so deep inside of you that the word of god come out like a waterfall hallelujah in your life in jesus name may god bless you may god keep you and welcome to the house of faith my brethren my sister in jesus name amen and glory to god i love you and guess what it's nothing you can do about it but love jesus to life amen and glory to god again thank you for joining us so international outreach network may god bless you in jesus name amen and glory to god